I'm Claire. And I'm Emma. Welcome to Rich Text, a podcast about our cultural obsessions, like totally unhinged, basically pornographic Netflix shows. That's right. I am very excited to get into this one, which I've just taken to affectionately describing as the most deranged show on all of television. Would you say you're quivering and throbbing with eagerness to discuss this show? I'm so sorry. Oh my god, that makes me think of 10 Things I Hate About You and Reginald's quivering member. (laughs) If you're listening today, you're already a paid subscriber to our audio and written newsletter, Rich Text. Thank you for being here. As always, you quite literally make our work possible. We're here today to talk about Sex Life Season 2, a show that, after I watched Season 1, thought, well, we'll never see another season of that again, and how wrong I was. I assumed... It couldn't get crazier and worse than season one. They were like, no, that's not nearly enough. We need fewer episodes, but about three times the plot. Yeah. The first season is mostly (laughs) fantasies that Billy, our protagonist, has and writes about in a journal. And the second season is full soap opera. Every episode, like 17 major incidents happen that would be... A life-changing incident that would not be repeated again for many years. The last two episodes, I when I tell you the amount of plot that they cram into, I'll say the last 15 minutes of episode five and then all of episode six, could easily have filled seasons. The pace is absolutely breakneck. People are always saying like they don't want TV shows to have filler, keep it tight, keep it plotty. I think they took that note too much to heart. They were like... Every they, they single went too far. moment of the show should either be a slow-mo sex scene set to dramatic music, or it should be 25 pounds of plot. So should we start with just a brief recap of season one yes. to kind of refresh the memories refresh of Refresh me. I didn't rewatch it because I c- couldn't. I could not. And that's the reason that half the characters that showed up in season two, I was like, who are you? Yeah. I, am I supposed to remember you? Weird. <laughs> well, they treat new characters and characters that you know from last season basically the same way, which is like, typically they don't bother to tell you much about them. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> They're just like, you know this person. So let's remember season one. Billy, played by Sarah Shahi, is a rich and beautiful, but sad and disaffected housewife in Connecticut. Her husband is buttoned-up finance bro Cooper, played by Mike Vogel, and they have two beautiful children, but no sex life, if you can believe it, just months after having their second baby. And so she starts writing in a journal, reminiscing in vivid detail about her crazy sexual past, her wild swinging from the rafters (laughs) bonk fest of a past which is mostly which, just like normal sex one guy with her, with her one ex who is this tall australian music producer named brad played by adam demos and like yes i will say they have sex in a lot of weird locations so it's quite that's the only wild part about this and half of the locations are just like he has a large apartment <laughs> They have sex in that part of the apartment. And then later in this other part of the apartment. Crazy. I would describe his apartment as a fuck pad, which is not the kind (laughs) of word that I ever find myself using. It's literally just like every space of it is like, this is a good surface for sex. It's a lot of empty space, a lot of blue uplighting, and then just like sex surfaces. Yeah, leather couches, perfect 
height granite counters. Everything. Do I remember correctly want. that there is a pool on the patio? You know what? It doesn't play much into this season. But I re- recall but this I, from last season. I recall there being, being like, yeah, uh, there's some important New pool York sex. City, eh? The craziest thing they do is that they have sex on a subway rail. That is legitimately that crazy. Is crazy. I, I mean, by crazy, I mean extremely dangerous. I'm concerned for your risk assessment skills. Crazy, if you like doing I'm this. genuinely like that. Worried. That's not a good thing to do. Like that's not fun, <laughs> spicy. That's like you will get obliterated. And so she's reminiscing about this, and Billy and Brad reconnect over the course of season one they do not hook up they don't have an affair but one day brad shows up with the ring and asks billy to be with him she's fully married and she declines she recommits to her marriage which is tough because her husband has found out about her sex journal and is horrified to realize that she is constantly fantasizing about having sex with her ex-boyfriend But they decide to work through it, try to spice up their sex life, try to work things out. But just when things seem to be going really well and they're more connected than ever, months later, she just like runs to Brad's apartment and is like, fuck me. And that's the end of season one. Cooper is tracking her location. So he is aware that this is happening. Yeah, that is the cliffhanger we leave off in season one. Other relevant threads from season one include Cooper's hot boss, Francesca played by Lee Jun Lee, hitting on him and also encouraging him to leave his wife constantly. Just normal boss Um, stuff. Just normal boss stuff. Billy has a best friend named Sasha, played by Margaret Odette, who is writing a book about how women don't have to get married. Have you heard about this? Be out here fucking. There's another way. Women be fucking. It's not being married. It's not the second way. It's (laughs) the the third third way. way. Also, we learn about, and I promptly forgot about, but they do become relevant in season two, Billy and Cooper's miserable suburban friends, Trina and Devin. Devin is just the douchiest finance bro guy you can imagine, who is Cooper's best friend. And it kind of like casts Cooper into a bad light because Cooper's supposed to be this incredible stand-up guy who doesn't even care about money, just helping the world through finance and like such a good dad and such a good husband. And his best friend is this like grotesque caricature (laughs) of a finance bro who just loves cheating and loves getting bjs and loves doing finance yeah really into finance really into sexual harassment really into just like being a gross misogynist yeah being really cruel to his wife and cooper's like there's something about this guy that i just like i can't put my finger on it and so at one point in season one cooper and billy try to take a page out of Trina and Devin's book, they spice up their miserable suburban married life by swinging and they invite Billy and Cooper to a swinging party where things go awry just as Trina and Cooper are about to hook up. And and I think Cooper ends up beating Devin up. He and Devin have the weirdest friendship. <laughs> yeah. They're constantly bros, but also then doing violence. Doing violence other. to each other, like trying to sleep with each other's wives and girlfriends, like getting each other's penises bitten off. More on that later. Thank God Cooper has his brother, Spencer, or he would literally have no positive figures of any kind in his life other than his actual children. Cooper's brother, Spencer, is the only good person in this show. 
arguably. Yeah, he's he's up there. Because he never gets involved. I think some of the people who come off pretty well can't come off fully well because they let themselves get involved in like some sort of romantic drama with Billy and Cooper, two of the worst people you've ever met. So where we pick up is... Well, actually, weirdly, it starts with this strange, like, dreamy montage of Billy, like, walking through the sand and, like, ha 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 Because something that you have to understand about this show is that it fancies itself a feminist literary project. And a psychological text, right? It's academic. (laughs) And it's exploring her psyche and her dreamscape. So after this brief little poetic interlude of Billy walking through the sand and talking about, you know, she's always giving these monologues that honestly I can't even retain because they're just the most pop psych bullshit you've ever heard. She's just like, love, you know, it's so impossible to find and yet we all long for it. And the fairy tale can come true. You just have to go through hell to find it. And then it's like her and and Brad. She's like, now fuck me. And then they begin to passionately make out. But then Brad pulls back and he's like, no, we can't. I now have a pregnant model girlfriend named Gigi. I love how he presents this because he says, it's incredible. I met someone. She's a model. He says it in this way, like, I'm so sorry to have to tell you this. And I'm like, you actually didn't. Why do you need to immediately tell Billy that your girlfriend is a model? I'm sorry. It's she's a model. Imagine if you did that. Like, I met someone. She's a computer scientist. (laughs) You're like, take it like an arrow in the heart. Oh, I've always been insecure about my own coding skills. He's like, oh, yeah. Also, she's pregnant. I'm like, that's more relevant than the model. Oh, my God. No one acts like a normal person in this show. So, <laughs> Not even remotely. So then Billy has to go back to Connecticut to face Cooper, who, again, put a tracker on her phone and is obviously now pretty upset that she suddenly fled the house to initiate an affair with her ex-boyfriend. And he's like, our marriage is obviously over. So Billy and Cooper are now living that separated life that divorcing life they get apartments she gets an apartment in the city i think he's supposed to be staying with his brother and his brother's partner in the city they swap off staying in connecticut three days at a time to be with their kids without their kids having to move between homes which is not an uncommon no i was gonna say this is one of the only realistic things in this entire show and here is an extra normal and healthy part of it the way that they make sure that the kids always have someone there to watch them is not by like really coordinating their schedules it's by having a nanny with zero days off olga lives there with the kids she is always there like yeah poor olga olga like there's i don't know we're gonna talk about olga labor violations a lot of thoughts about (laughs) olga so billy and cooper are now both back on the dating scene in nyc and brad has his pregnant model and sasha of course just loves to live that single hookup life and she's continuing that but she now has a hit pop psychology book to promote pop feminism pop feminist psychologyism. Yeah, it's like she's a psychologist, right? But the idea of the book is just like women, you can have sex. <laughs> but she has a you're PhD. Allowed. She has a PhD, Emma. So women, you're allowed to have sex. Buy a jade egg. I have a PhD. 
it's just normal you know feminism so. it's like being the pope like once you have a phd everything you say is just extra true and valid regardless of and how smart. you arrived at that theory but anyway let's talk about some of the new people we meet this season we have majid played by darius homayon You just listened to a free preview of this week's Rich Text podcast. If you like what you heard and you want to listen to the rest of this week's podcast and our entire Rich Text back catalog, you can become a paying subscriber at clarendemma.substack.com. If not, you can still enjoy our free weekly recommendations. Rich Text is hosted, produced, and edited by us, Claire Fallon and Emma Gray. You can find the written version of Rich Text at clarendemma.substack.com. You can find us on Instagram at Claire and Emma Pod, and you can find our other podcast, Love to See It, over at Stitcher and wherever you listen to podcasts, as well as on TikTok and Twitter at Love to See It Pod. You can also find us individually at Claire E. Fallon and at Emma Lady Rose. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.